Hey guys, before we get started, we've stumbled upon an extra copy of Street Fighter V Arcade Edition thanks to a user named War Crimes, and we're giving it away to one of our podcast listeners. Now, if you don't have Street Fighter V, or maybe you just want to share the magic of fighting games with a friend, or quite possibly you just feel like flipping it for a few extra bucks, this copy of Arcade Edition could be yours. To enter our giveaway, simply follow Catalyst or myself on Twitter, now that's CatalystEH or Velociraptor with a 1 instead of the I, and tweet us with hashtag EventHubsGiveaway to put your name in the drawing. If you follow us both, you'll be entered twice. This contest is going to be open for two weeks and is limited to the United States only. You can read detailed rules in our article about this episode on EventHubs proper. Good luck to all who enter, and now, on with the show. We've been playing us some Mortal Kombat 11 for a good week or so now. So we get into the good, the bad, and the beautifully ugly of the latest and greatest from NetherRealm Studios. Also, the Capcom Pro Tour continues to chug along, and Punk continues to make grand finals. Is his recent come-from-behind victory against Daigo enough to say that he's the best in the business right now? Plus, Hungrybox has a crab thrown at him after his win at Pound. It's funny, but it may be indicative that we're starting down a road that we really don't want to be traversing. All that and more up ahead on this week's episode of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. I uh, just took a sip of my coffee before I should have and uh, burned my tongue. Oh, oh no. All right. You know, uh, so I, I was asking John, you know, like, before we started the pod here, he's like, hey, let me let me grab some coffee real quick. And I'm like, does coffee ever remind you of Street Fighter V load times? And this is what he said. Oh, I said, yeah, not every single time because I can't, I don't want that much Street Fighter V to, to just be in my life when it's not part of my life, you know, but way more than I should. Uh, I definitely associate things that take five to 10 minutes with waiting for Street Fighter V to load up. Oh, jeez. You know, uh, and, yeah. and, and on that front, because every time we, man, we're going to come, we're going to talk about Mortal Kombat today, right? And we're going to talk about how freaking fast the uh, the load up is because <laughs> all the fighting games I've been playing, it's it's just been Street Fighter V and it takes forever. And so we always crap on Street Fighter V about this stuff and Capcom and whatnot. I just want to say it's 100%. It's doing great. It's a lot of people's favorite Street Fighter thus far, as we've talked about. It's, it's definitely got a seat at the fighting game table awesome but you're gonna get ribbed for certain things that you do and that so so it's all in good fun when we rip on street fighter it's like in the same way that you know if you rematch after getting 10 would and you become 13 would that becomes part of your identity for a long time if not forever right so right we're it's okay to rip on street fighter is what i'm saying it's all in good fun Right. So speaking of salt, actually, uh, I was watching the NBA playoffs and I, you guys know I'm a huge NBA fan, uh, the Event Hub staff. I always talk about mm-hmm. it. Uh, and Damian Lillard hit this amazing shot uh, to, to send one of the other teams that are playing the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder um, out of the out of the playoffs. They're gone, you know. Um, and the guy that he hit it over, Paul George, like had a quote after the game that reminded me of the salt in the fighting game community like so much i'm like dude you are so salty about this and so you know this is one of the best shots ever it was like a i don't know like a 30 like 40 foot shot like it wasn't even like right at the three-point line it was yeah, like how far back really far back like like I, I like almost 10 feet or something i don't know the exact you know measurements <laughs> or whatever but anyway he goes on to a press conference afterwards and he's like that's a bad shot i don't care what anyone says that's a bad shot hey he made it that will be the story that's told 
but that was a bad shot. You live with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, it, like exact verbatim of like, you, you know, what you say to people when you, uh, you, you played of like, oh yeah, well good games. But you know, I had to think and you didn't actually have to think when you played your character and you know, like you've got easy mode on and all this kind of stuff. Like the exact, like, I'm like, oh, I love it. And, and uh, when Damian Lillard hit that shot, like he waved like goodbye to him. Cause he literally knocked him out of the playoffs with that shot. It was oh amazing. my gosh, Yeah. It was classic fighting game community. Like, pure salt these are like you know millionaire billionaire like just rich guys beyond belief but even then they you know what the funny thing about that is what brings that all home is that there's a huge part of me and i bet you just about everyone listening right now that would say if they were in the position of of the loser there they would probably at least very strongly think if not full out say it that was a bad shot you should not (laughs) have woken up and dp'd there it made no sense for that to happen you shouldn't have done that there so therefore i shouldn't have lost yeah, that's a very real living part in all of us. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's uh, just you, you you feel that frustration, you know, when um, when you, the shared experience of it, right? Yeah. So um, anyway, so I, I well, want to get right into this here. We've had uh, a launch of one of the best, uh, our biggest, I should say, fighting games ever here with Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, came out here just on Tuesday. We're recording here Wednesday morning. Um, and you've had a lot of hands-on time with the game. Uh, NetherRealm Studios sent you a code to review the game. Uh, you've been playing it quite a bit. You're very serious about it. Um, I want to get right into this and ask you, for the people who have not picked up the game and maybe not followed it that closely, why should they pay attention to this game? Why should they pick it up? You know, I think that with as much attention and, and tender love and care that NetherRealm has been giving Mortal Kombat 11, it's been apparent thus far, it's not perfect. But there's a, there's a, lo- a shorter list of here's reasons why you wouldn't pick up Mortal Kombat 11. And if these don't apply to you, then just go for it. Because the, the big things are, it's like if you don't like fighting games and that's not really your thing, the game actually does offer like at least one other mode. It's like a, it's a <laughs> the crypt mode is like a third person adventure and it's, it's no Zelda, but it's, it's certainly a little fun. Um, but of course, the meat of it all is just it's fighting games. If you don't like that for whatever reason, then obviously this isn't a game for you. Um, and then the other big thing is if you don't want to see the gratuitous amounts of gore and over-the-top blood and ripping in half and all that bone-breaking stuff, and and I've heard a lot of people express that, then this isn't a game that you probably want to explore. Outside of that, if you enjoy fighting games on a competitive level, it's worth checking out. I don't know that it's going to be your favorite game ever. It's too early to say something like that, but it's worth checking out. If you enjoy the casual fighting game, like this is one of, this might be like the current standard for the casuals fighting game in the sense that um, it's just got all of the bells and whistles to go over to a friend's house and, and like, have that back and forth of just like the 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 status the status in the room right who's gonna win today very much like the belt battles if you watch the combat cast between tyler and derek the uh the, the devs on the the team for nrs that do the stream there it's like it absolutely satisfies that and it's way fun to watch it's it's got it's easy enough to that you can just kind of pick up and if all you ever want to do in your fighting game career is mash on it you can do that and you can have fun doing it so i see very few people like unless it basically let me put it like this if you're on the fence about it it's probably worth grabbing i don't know if you're going to want to spend all hundred dollars on the game plus like the first six dlc characters that's fairly standard nowadays but it's worth just picking the game up and playing through the modes playing through the story is fun enough um, it's got something for just about everybody. So unless you know in your heart you don't want it, I'd say go for it. 
All right, now switching gears here to the competitive scene, how do you feel it's going to hold up here? And I know it's very early, and, and I'm you know putting you, the spotlight on you here. And just yeah. what are your initial impressions so far? Do you think this is going to be on par with past NRS titles, or do you think it's going to be something more than those have been? I think it has huge potential to go past previous uh, Mortal Kombat, or I should say previous NRS um, uh, benchmarks or, or the goals that they've hit thus far. I think it has the potential and they're very much trying to, in the competitive scene, make this a little more legitimate. And by that I mean have it to be a little more balanced, a little more thoughtful, and not so into just... Uh, a lot of Mortal Kombat games have traditionally been just offense-heavy, run in, do an armored mix-up, it's like a 50-50, you know, high or low, and hope it works. And then, of, of course, there's a certain level of reading your opponent Obviously, there's a hierarchy of, of competitors like Sonic Fox has emerged as one of or as, as the best doing this kind of stuff. So it's not like anyone can just do it and it's brain dead. But it hasn't been regarded as as like on par as like like Street Fighter games in terms of how much it's attended to balance. Mortal Kombat 11, it's absolutely trying to do that. It's gotten rid of a lot of the, the craziness with things like the run mechanic and all of the armored moves. Most all of them are gone at this point, and they're promoting more thoughtful play by giving more thoughtful options through mechanics, both on offense and on defense. It's actually fairly intimidating, and, and something that I kind of came across uh, at, at the end of everything when I was writing the review felt like it was a little bit of a negative because it's just like this mountain of different mechanics that we're not necessarily used to uh so that can be maybe a little bit of a turnoff for those that are really trying to get in and, and like i want to use everything at the full efficiency it's like well there's a lot to learn but you can just as easily you know play you know whatever variation you want and just mash buttons and have a good time too so it's cool you mentioned the game being very intimidating with the mechanics. Is there some kind of comparison here that you can you can put this up against? Like uh, one of the anime titles, or is there you know a game that stands out? Maybe one of the the Marvel versus Capcom games. Anything around that that you can kind of put in juxtaposition of this? Well, okay, so this is an interesting situation because, like I said, NRS games have been traditionally a little more simple, like technically speaking, right? And a lot of times the mechanics are are fairly. Uh, straightforward and there's a lot of input delay things like that so it's not as precise and it's more about reads and it's more about um, um, you know plan as opposed to reaction and then you have like anime titles which I've never really been into anime titles um, all that much as far as fighting games go but they have a lot more in the way of, of mechanics and like just frame, you know, perfect blocks and if like just frame combos where that, that allow you into further combo if you do it just right and things like that. And then other stuff that, you know, from anime game to anime game, just these crazy mechanics. Mortal Kombat 11 has, man, they have a flawless block, which is, man, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing... Well, that's its own conversation, but it's it's kind of difficult to do because of the, the way Mortal Kombat feels, but that just might be me getting used to it. They have Flawless Block. They have a mechanic where you can fall out of the air faster to like stop combos from happening. They have rolls on Wake Up that are invincible but not to throws, which we've seen that kind of a thing before, but that's yet another dimension to the Wake Up game. They have two different kinds of like special wake-ups where you can either do an invincible move or an, or like a quick anti-air move if your opponent's coming in from the air. Um, what else? I mean, and then like a whole bunch of, of, of combos and then every character has different variations and different moves and you have to figure out how your character plays against the entire rest of the cast and then also the entire rest of the cast again. That's not new to Mortal Kombat because, you know, X had three variations per character as well, but it's just so much when you first come in and sit down 
if you're thinking about com- competing and being at a tournament and trying to go toe to toe, which is kind of the way I approach, even if I m- I may never set foot in a Mortal Kombat tournament, but that's how I approach it. And I go, there is so much in front of me uh, with this game. So it it we'll see how many of these mechanics actually come into play and being all that meaningful. Like I was getting at with Flawless Block, maybe it's just like the input delay and, and such makes that much less commonly used. And it's more of like if you're doing some kind of a string and I identify, I know how to Flawless Block the last hit of that and then counter you. But it might not be something something that happens so often in the neutral um, as we might think. And maybe it will, but there's we'll see how you know efficient each one of these mechanics plays out to be. Gotcha. Now let's let's talk a bit about your online experience with the game. Uh, the mm-hmm. netcode is obviously something very important to, to most gamers out there. It's how they generally experience these games, right? Once they finish up the single player modes. Yeah. How has your experience been, and how does it compare with other titles? And we'll go with Street Fighter Five here in particular because that's one that's the one that most people have the most experience with that are listening to this. Sure. Uh, and and that one gets compared to Four a lot. So let me give you kind of like my little hierarchy here. I think uh, I played a lot of Four online. I played just a plenty of Five, and and Five has been exceptional better than four so anyone that says the net code on five is is not as good as four i think you're you're looking at four with rose-colored glasses um and then so to bring that all around to how mortal kombat 11 is doing i played you know during the review period where there is significantly less stress on the servers and everything was pretty fine i i only accepted three or above bar connections and only once or twice, only one time out of probably, yeah, I'd probably say I played like 30 to 50 matches, something like that. Only one time did I actually do the stop and back up because things got so choppy that the the advantage just kind of washed away and you want to be fair and not try to like eke in a hit, you know, when, when lag is happening. At least that's how I try to play. And so I did that, but only one time. And otherwise, I think there's like one or two other instances where, where there was a few frames dropped. Otherwise, it's just felt like playing. It's just been... Yeah, smooth sailing. And I don't have as nuanced or precise uh, like a feeler for this as I would with Street Fighter, of course, because I play that all the time. Uh, Street Fighter also operates in quicker frames and like they there are three frame moves in Street Fighter. I think the fastest I've seen in Mortal Kombat is a five frame. So that's going to immediately change um, just because the pace of that part of the game is a little bit slower. Uh, maybe a little bit of lag is not going to be as significant in the Mortal Kombat realm. Uh, but so all that taken into account it's amazing online so far i played again this morning uh, and this is after of course it's been released so the general public is just you know completely all over the service is probably going to be the heaviest load that they're ever going to bear is right after release right and it was just fine i found an opponent very quickly it was a green you know full bar match we played like six or seven matches and, uh, and and it was just fun the whole time. I, I didn't have to ever think about lag once. It was just, yeah, we're just having a good time playing Mortal Kombat. There you go. All right. No, we, we've heard some bad rumors here. Uh, not bad rumors, actually. I think they're, they're heavily verified at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crypt mode and the towers modes being very grind heavy, um, very like... 2019 business practices. And I mean yes. that in every negative way I, I possibly can. <laughs> um what are they as bad as people are saying and two like what how are you feeling like they need to be adjusted okay so let's just start with the towers of time the so this is like there's a traditional arcade ladder where you can just you know pick like you want to fight five enemies 10 enemies 15 or then there's like a 25 survival mode and then there's an endless and then that's its own mode and that's kind of like traditional arcade mode and you beat that and you get like the character ending or whatever then there's Towers of Time, which are much more, uh, they evolve constantly. So the developers are always tweaking them around or bringing new ones in, and they're themed challenges, right? So playing up through these towers, 
they they have special stipulations to keep things fresh. So sometimes in certain matches, and this has been going on since like Mortal Kombat three, I think, like the lights will turn off and you'll fight in darkness for three seconds before they come back on. The little gimmicks and whatnot to um, to just keep things lively. But some of these gimmicks are just kind of ridiculous, where they're shooting like homing missiles out of the back of the screen and they just home in on you and, and they're unblockable. And so you're just you just every you know, 10 seconds or whatever it is, you just know you're going to get hit with a missile regardless of what you're doing. And that can make it very difficult. Combine that with if you're playing on higher difficulties, it's the age old problem of like the AI just reading your inputs and destroying you because it decided to. And it what this ultimately makes you do is spend your money toward, or it seems like it's urging players strongly to spend their money on these skip fight tokens because not all fights are hard. They just randomly kind of pop up these really hard ones. And you can skip the fight and just go on to the next level, which that in and of itself might not even be as hard as the current one you're on. And so it, it really seems like they're they're pushing you to spend money um, in, a, in a like a less than I don't know, benevolent way sort of a thing. And um, and then the rewards that you're actually getting are, are seemingly randomized. And so you might do all of this and then you'll get a piece of some, well, you know, a handful of stuff. But some of that stuff might be like pieces of something where later on you can find a recipe. And if you take all of these different pieces and collect them and put them together, then you can use that and then spend money as well and then create an item that you might use for one character. I don't know. So the point is, it feels like this grind is very grindy, not very fun, and then super not worth it some of the time. And that's a turnoff. That feels just like kind of a failure in the whole risk reward in-game economy motivation. So that's been an issue. And then also the crypt mode, which is sort of linked to this because it does also have to do with the kind of economy of the game. Unlike previous Mortal Kombat's, the crypt now is randomized. So you'll go through and the boxes all cost different amounts, but you don't, it, like there isn't, you can't go to some guide online and say, oh, in you know box 17A in this certain area is always Aaron Black's outlaw costume or something like that. It's just always randomized. So it means like, well, I might spend 20,000 coins on a box and just get diddly squat stuff that I don't care about, the filler stuff, which there's a ton of, and and that's the standard, right? But, uh, and then I might spend like a thousand and and get something really good and it's all random. So it kind of takes the, the lure to spend in the crypt away. And also, there's also this weird mechanic where you can actually refill all the boxes again for I think it's like 2,000 coins per box or something like that you can refill all the boxes in an area once you've opened them to go back just because I guess you don't you won't necessarily get everything if you opened all the boxes on your first run through the crypt so you might have to go back through and, and, and you know restock them so to speak and spend money to do that and so that all turns into this grind that just really isn't fun and it feels like a cash grab now having said all that nrs before the game even released because this problem arose while people were reviewing the game um, they said we're already working on a fix Um, some of this is going to come out i've got the quote right here actually i'll go and read it Um, we appreciate the feedback on mortal kombat 11 so far we're continuing to optimize each of the platforms based on your feedback to address the recent concerns around the towers of time and the crypt a patch will be rolling out asap apologies for any inconvenience this has caused and then uh boone goes on to say uh in case you missed it um we have hot fix improvements coming to address those super hard towers of time as well as better rewards in the economy uh etc cetera, etc cetera. so i mean they're they're clearly on it and actually last night i went and looked up the, the metacritic reviews and i was shocked because i'm hearing a lot of the same things that, that you know obviously you've said here in terms of how good the game is and i went on there and looked and for the ps4 it's got an 83 out of 100 and i'm like 
shouldn't that be more like a 90 out of 100, like with the feedback I'm seeing? And so um, that was 44 reviews on the PS4. And then on the, the Xbox, it's got nine reviews. So And that's at an 89 out of 100. Did and you those see are the user like, reviews? Yes, oh, okay, they were super low. Um, so anyway, I, I wanted to see why. And, and I want to say about 90 to 95% of the reviews I read, they, they all cited that the crypt and the Towers of Time are ridiculous. Um, they said, you know, completionists are going to be very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was just all over the place. So I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, NRS, like, why did you decide to ship the game that way? Why, why? It, it, why <laughs> you know i mean I, i'm at a complete loss like you guys are, are are so smart and so capable with this stuff like you've drastically hurt your review scores across the board people aren't usually going to go back and update their reviews it's because a silly you thing for mortal Kombat to screw up right yeah considering it, what they are it's like they're a fighting game and they ended up screwing up with the well it's not loot boxes but it feels like loot boxes even though they're free and they they, they won't cost you well I, they probably could cost you real money i'm sure you can buy in-game currency the the time crystals but yeah, they, they said this isn't loot boxes, but every chest in the um, in the crypt feels like a loot box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is a game that, that probably, like, this is, you know, a little bit of an estimate on my part, but I really think they would have gotten up to about an 88, 89, uh, 90 range on their score out of 100 if they did not have the crypt and, and loot box issues, basically. And, and of all the companies that have messed up loot boxes, essentially, and messed up this aspect of, of their games, it's really hard to believe that NRS just kind of said, oh, hey, you guys have all messed up. You know, let me hold my beer. We're going to go even further. And, and I, I get it's not a one-to-one thing with loot boxes, but it's close enough where it's just shocking to me. And I don't know if a suit got involved here at some point and said, hey, you know, NRS, like, this is not your choice to make. You know, we're here at, you know, your parent company, which will remain nameless, but not hard to look up. Uh, and, you know, made the choice for them and said, hey, this is how you're going to do it. We've done the research and you're going to do it this way. Or what happened? I don't know. Um, I do know, again, it's being patched. They're actively talking about it. Uh, but I mean, I, I was shocked at the amount of reviews that mentioned this and, and really put them on blast for it, saying like, look, this is crap. Like, what are you guys doing? And it's just, it's like, Man, how did you have that big of a mistake with with a game that's known for the single player content? I I just I don't get it. I, I feel that it's somewhat new content for them or a new venture. Still, uh, this isn't an excuse. You're right, and especially with all the resources they have, they've they've made every other avenue of this game pretty damn spotless, right? Like, there's some really good stuff, and they show that they have like the state of the art technology to tackle all of these things and make them look just so spick and span across the board it's great and then to have an egregious area like this and i don't even i personally wouldn't go to egregious actually it's more the way people are talking about and it also might be that it's like the only real big negative thing to say Mm -hmm. and so then it's probably going to get you know churched up a little bit from there but yeah, I don't know. It's just it, it hasn't been a huge issue for me. It was like it, was, it wasn't my favorite thing, but I'm also probably not going to play through Towers of Time all that much outside of maybe having to if I can only get a certain currency in order to progress through the crypt because there are puzzles and such and sometimes you just have to pay your way through um like to to reform a bridge or something like that. Um and and so maybe I'd do it for that, but otherwise like I'm pretty much playing these games more for the the, the local back and forth, right? The, the, the actual gameplay. But I, there's a huge audience out there that isn't. And I, I don't, I, I still, it's kind of foreign to me to play a, a fighting game and, and, 
be like looking to deck out your character as though you're Link in, you know, Breath of the Wild and all the customization options you have, but it's like, it's very much a thing. And because it is, NRS, it's on you to, for the final product to be better. So they're going to fix it. Uh, hopefully it's the fixed in the, like the first swoop through here and, and they get this out of the way and it can just be a mustard stain that was quickly you know cleaned up and then everything else was great but it does it's super unfortunate that this kind of almost sort of arbitrary to the game thing is the reason why they're getting negative reviews well docked on the reviews so um you play on a joystick like a lot of people probably listening to this podcast and you cited in our review here that there's some issues with that and i i wanted you to exp- uh, explain that to our listeners here well, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Street Fighter boy, right? So I play on an arcade stick because it's the uh, the only way to really do it, get the pure experience, right? But I translate this over to Mortal Kombat, and uh, there are two modes in particular, <laughs> the Towers of Time and the Crypt, where you actually can't really do everything you need to do if you're using a joystick because it requires the right stick on the controller, like the, the pad. And so you can't almost do anything in the crypt at all. And then you can play through the Towers of Time in the arcade, but you need to use the right stick whenever you want to use a consumable mid-match. So you can activate these things and get little boosts, like you have a damage boost for the next 15 seconds or whatever. But in order to activate that, I need to hit the right stick in a certain direction, and there's no right stick, and there's no shortcut to serving as the right stick, so you can't do those things with an arcade stick. You can still play the regular game if you want, and honestly... The, it hasn't really been an issue. I think most Mortal Kombat players are just playing this game. Like the, the overwhelming majority are playing this game on pad. Those that are on stick, I would actually recommend you just move over to pad while you're getting started here. That's what I'm actually doing at this point. I'm just playing on pad because it's easier. And uh, it seems to be that any of the advantages, I think that you know you'd play stick especially back in the Street Fighter days, like you're not doing any hundred hand slaps or lightning legs where you have to do five inputs really rapidly. Everything that you need to do for this game, you can do on controller. And hey, man, if you're traveling and you're only bringing a controller, it's a lot nicer than an arcade stick, right? So uh, I really don't think it's a huge issue. It does kind of suck because you'd think, well, these guys would dot every I and cross every T, but technically you can't do everything in the game with an arcade stick. So how do you feel overall about the game in terms of the competitive scene? Do you feel like this is an evolution and just, you know, um, kind of the next step for the Mortal Kombat franchise and what we see in the fighting game community? Or do you feel like this is a revolution where this is going to bring in maybe a whole brand new level we've never seen? And obviously there's so much we don't know right now, right? But yeah. just kind of like what's your gut feeling at this moment in time? Where do you think the game is going and, and how big do you think it's going to be? It's a solid step forward. I think there's already an established competitive scene based on the kind of Mortal Kombat engine product identity as far as gameplay goes that we've already had. Like I said earlier, they're making a clear movement and intent to tighten things up in the competitive realm and give more options, give more nuance, more thought so that it becomes more of a a back and forth active real-time skill competition right so it's it's an even further sophisticated and more well-defined that and i don't know again like i was saying earlier it'll depend on how many of these mechanics actually matter you know actually playing versus if just rushing down and doing high low mix-up still reign supreme and everything else like kind of affects stuff but that becomes still the main meta and that's what everyone's doing constantly then it's not going to go very far i think it'll still go you know make a little bit of progress so like i say it's a it's a very solid firm 
uh, pushes the envelope, but it's, it's safe enough to maintain its identity and try to push out into new waters, which I think is a very smart move. They don't have to take huge risks and change the entire experience. Um, as far as the specifics of how far will this go competitively, uh, my guess is that it might have a slightly longer life than the traditional NRS game does because they, in the competitive scene, they tend to die out fairly quickly. And I'm not sure the reason for that. This might be a little longer because you might have a, a with these different mechanics and the game has a really good tutorial laying out how to do all this stuff. So those that are lured in by, you know, on the, on the, uh, what is it? The, the general non-competitive side, there is a better chance for them to have this game be the catalyst <laughs> that gets them to go over to that uh, competitive side. And so you might see that competitive scene grow as a result. And I think that would be the, the main reason why this game is fairly well set up, but I don't want to say too much beyond that because it's so new and, and I don't have my head wrapped around it very well yet. So um, I, say, I say there's a good chance, but it's going to have, it's, it's, it's a lot of different boxes have to be checked and we'll see if those get checked. Getting into a little bit of, of that and kind of a different side of it would be, uh, I was watching Dakota Dark Horse um, stream Mortal Kombat 11 last night, and uh, he was cosplaying a Scorpion. He's our official cosplayer on our staff. Yeah. Uh, Shouts to Dakota. He does a great job actually with all of his cosplay. But um, he, he even like has like a three dollar like Scorpion like Walmart costume, and he looks really good. Like boy, I'm like dude, like that looks great. You know, it's a uh, anyway. He, he's good at what he does. But um, I, I was trying to watch him, you know, go last night, and. I have my kids at home and I, I'm like, I can't do this. Like I can't even watch my friend play uh, because it's just too damn violent. And it got me thinking about that. And so if ESPN censors stuff like Armika's costume, is there ever going to be really a chance that they reach out and say, Hey, we're okay with this. Let's put it up on TV and do whatever. And I, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. Like, I, I mean, I know that violence is generally more acceptable here in the U.S., you know, than sex is, but but the level of violence that's going on in Mortal Kombat, like, I, I always kind of see that as a, a pretty limiting factor for the game. And, and I, I mean, I, there's just enough people that are turned off by that that I wonder about it, you know, where I, I'm... Is it ever going to go? You know, um, so I look at that, and I also, you know, will take a step back and say, hey, it's really the main, you know, parent companies of these games that are supporting it. It's not like, you know, ESPN is going to, you know, buy up the complete rights for Mortal Kombat or another game anytime soon, you know, and, and have that be, you know, a mainstay on their their stage. It's really, you know, the Warner Brothers, Capcom, um, you know, Namco Bandai, all those companies that are that are really powering the esports scene here. But Again, I, I look at that as a limiting factor that I don't think enough people are kind of accounting for here, kind of for the future of the game. It's, it's, I, I have a hard time seeing major sponsors want to getting involved with that. It's twofold, in my opinion, because naturally when you're talking about sponsorship and ESPN, you're talking about putting these games on the TV, right, in front of a more general audience as entertainment, as esports. And the, the violence by itself is certainly an issue. We've talked to that already and that it, it's, it's really, it leaves nothing to the imagination and people are <laughs> ripping each other in half in every single you know, cell you can see. Uh, but it also slows the game down. When they do these violent things, the fatal blows, um, the crushing blows, those are pretty much fine. It's just a split second. But the fatal blows and the fatalities, those slow the action down, and they're cool to see the first time. They're cool to see, hey, the first 10 times, yeah, I'll, I'll stomach that. But when it's happening as much as it's going to be happening, I'm, I'm wondering if 
people aren't going to be like, okay, that was, you know, Aaron Black shoots you through the chest 16 times and then he shoots you in the knee and then he throws his gun at your face and then he throws two coins up into the air and then he turns around and shoots backwards and it hits the coins and then those go through your eyeballs and the whole process takes like, I don't know, it feels like 15 seconds or so. Maybe it's not quite that long. But when that's happening, you know, a couple of times, it can only happen once per character per game. But, I mean, still, and then fatalities, people are starting to, once you see it, you don't really want to see it anymore. Obviously, they're not going to show those on TV, right? But both, it's going to be a turnoff because you're going to get rid of people that don't like seeing all the gore. You're going to get people that are, that are you know, not old enough to see that, not mature enough. And then it's also just in the competitive scene, a lot of the action stops so that we can see the spectacle of the bones breaking or the spine ripping or whatever. And I think that that's going to, after the initial, ooh, that's cool, we're just going to get bored of it. I don't even like watching Ed's critical art anymore. And it's one of the coolest critical arts because like, oh, it's going to be like 20 minutes here. We'll have to sit and wait and get hit, you know, and then the salt raises too if you're the one getting hit. But yeah. I wonder if we need a um, speed up animations option or like a tournament mode basically for these games where hey, we've all seen this like a hundred times. We're going to go ahead and kind of disable all that or like, you know, Bardock's level three like comes to mind in Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Fighters, right? Where, okay, the that animation is five seconds long or whatever. And then like you have a speed up option where it's now like one second long and, and you kind of get all the... Um, you still go through the animation just happens like really quickly. You know, Are I wonder if spoiled kind of, yeah. sweet 16 girls for asking that. No, no, no. I mean, or do is, you think that's a legitimate thing? Cause I'm right there with thing. you. That's no, cool I mean, for me, but I'm like, is that asking too much, man? Are we just being whiny babies at this? No, point? no. I mean, it's it, once you've seen something a hundred times, you don't want to see it another hundred, right? Like that's, yeah. that's a big thing. And, um, it's as these games trans- transition more into a spectator sport, which they are, you know, in, in many cases, you do want to have some of these these type of options out there because even like with the NBA, MLB, NFL, they're always looking at ways to speed up the game or make it more interesting and dynamic for people and, and cutting out some of the fluff that, you know, it works really great and you need that. Like you can't launch a game that has like sped up animations or like cut out animations, right? Like that is going to piss a lot of people off, but having an option in there where like I've seen this a lot I'm good with having the animations go at like you know play at like a 5x rate you know or something and, and that will cut down a lot of time that you're kind of sitting there waiting for stuff to play out and well, uh, huh? how about animations that go faster and don't feature as much gore when they happen because that's where the main gore happens right is fatalities right. and crushing and fatal blows you could have ESPN mode where you just turn that on Ooh, and it's faster. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I mean, imagine yeah. that like yeah. where, where you have the sped up and they're less gory and hey, all of a sudden this has become an esport. Yeah, I mean, that might work. I, I don't know if Ed Boon will be completely on board with that because he's pretty adamant about like that is Mortal Kombat and I get yeah. that, you know, um, but maybe for, you know, to appease the esports scene, that might be a way of doing it. It might be, you know, a very viable way. I mean, I, I almost think that should be a standard going forward with esports titles uh, in the fighting game community. If they have really long animations like that, find a way of, of, of getting around them a little easier. And, and again, it's just an option. Like it's, it could be buried under five menus. It doesn't matter because we're, you know, the hardcore competitive scene we're going to go into those menus and set it up if we we'll need still it, complain right? that we have to go through five menus but you're right we will <laughs> right. do it and it won't be that big of an issue right so um, all this said here uh, mortal kombat 10 sold 11 million copies uh, i think that speaks way louder than anything we're complaining about or having an issue with uh again i continue to tip my cap to nrs um they have taken their franchise from 
pretty much like after the, about the Mortal Kombat 3, somewhere around Mortal Kombat 4 era, uh, where it went to be pretty non-competitive and, and not really acceptable uh, to play at like a high level and completely revitalize their entire series right around the, the days of Mortal Kombat 9. And uh, that is pretty much what put them back onto the map. Uh, they still had people supporting them even throughout the other game's lifespan, but I just I, I really have to congratulate the NRS team on doing so many damn things right, like so well. It's like, dude, you guys hire people from the community now. Um, you pay attention to the stuff that's going on, on social media. It's like, wow, thank you so much for doing all this stuff. Um, I wish you know it aligned a little more closely with where I'm at in my life right now. Uh, I'd definitely be playing it if it did, but you know, uh, but it doesn't mean I still can't recognize and very much appreciate what they've done and continue to do. Sounds good. All right, so um, go ahead and moving on here. Uh, we'll talk about Punk and the Mix-Up. And that was a premier tournament here this last weekend. And uh, first off, though, I want to get into a character that you and I have talked about a good bit on the pod, and that would be M. Bison. And he was actually heavily on display at this tournament, finishing with four people using him in the top 64, uh, which was tied for third overall in terms of character usage. Um, I think Bison is going to be climbing up the, the usage rate and be much more common if he stays intact. If, you know, a 4.5 patch doesn't drop at some point. Um, I actually think Bison is going to become quite a bit more common and you better be fearful of that matchup. Um, again, I mentioned before, Dogra is playing him a uh, uh, hot dog. Uh, 29 has been playing him before, um, but uh, I think he was playing Nikali more often. I think now he's playing Bison more often. Um, you're seeing a lot of this type of stuff kind of come down down the pipe and, and you've got to be... I, be aware of Bison. Be aware of how to beat him. Um, uh, we call him like a, a scrub killer. You know, no offense to anyone who loses to him because I lose to him all the time too. Um, uh, it, he's a tough character to you know to fight against. I'm a scrub, so there it is. But yeah, anyway. Um, well, how, uh, let me ask you mm-hmm. this: How scary is it when Bison's up in your face? Uh, it, you're pretty much dead with Monot if he gets up in your face. You, you have it, to what it turns out. into. What it turns into is that the way Bison works and the way he moves forward with his normals that you are you have to make a guess to get out of his pressure out of his regular normal pressure that feeds into itself if you guess incorrectly and the guess is do i after he's done one of his heavy moves um i'm at like slight disadvantage because he has moves fast enough to hit me if i try to do anything so i need to sit here and wait but he can do another heavy move if i'm waiting and even though i technically could interrupt him i don't because i'm expecting or i'm i'm fearing a fast move and it moves him forward again so that he's not really losing ground so that he gets the his mix up is that he gets to stay in your face unless you make the call that he's going to do another heavy move and then you interrupt him or you you know you rip a dp or something but he's got amazing in your face pressure that's awesome well how's that counteracted he's got pretty slow mobility his walk speeds amongst the absolute worst in the game but he's got the uh the stomp ex stomp which can help him get close but even more so he's got ex scissor kicks which puts him in your face if you block it Mm -hmm. and he gets to play that game so bison gets a bar meter and just based on being able to do that you know ex in it's like well you're gonna have to spend some v trigger to get him off of you and we all know how important v trigger can be uh he's got a pretty solid game plan is what i'm getting at and so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that he would be doing this well. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean he's the best, but he's got he's got some damn good tools. And hey, he's one Evo off of him, right? So right. Just to jump in here and add a couple things, I, I've noticed with Problem X's Bison, he he's doing a lot of EX scissors when he thinks you're not blocking. 
And, and again, he's plus one on that and he's getting in if it doesn't work. And if it works, he's knocking you to the ground and getting an okie situation. And you can't throw out meter like recklessly with bison. You can't do it because that is a very, very important resource. You hardly ever see bison kill with, you know, his critical art that, you know, he goes into his like psycho crusher type thing um, because he's spending so much EX. And, and so it, it illustrates how valuable that is for him. He needs that. That's his main way to have mobility and matchups and actually get in and do anything, right? So um, I, I watched him again, and, and as you mentioned, uh, the I'm going to throw out a heavy, and you're going to be too afraid to do anything. And so it's like, even though you could interrupt my heavy and get around it, like you're not going to because you're so afraid. And of all people, uh, Problem X did that against Trashbox, who is the number one ranked uh, league point player in Street Fighter V, playing by Birdie in top eight. And you saw the fear of God put into him. And he's just like, Oh, and again, I, like that's problem X. Like it, 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 that's not so much Bison. That's a lot of problem X and what he does. Um, but again, Bison has a capability, right? And, and and I just I wanted to go back and illustrate that because I'm like having flashbacks to top eight now and going, oh man, Trashbox is terrified. Like he's he's completely on tilt. He doesn't know what to do, and that's where Bison rolls you. Is, is you need to understand that matchup at a very high level to beat him. Uh, again, why we call him a scrub killer char character when you don't have so much of the matchup knowledge on lockdown, you get blown up very quickly and you don't realize that like, you know, those two or three frame gaps exist um, in enough time to react to them. Right. And, and that's what was going on there. And, and then you start getting hit by random stuff and you get, on, oh man. And, and that's what happened to Trashbox. He ended up getting like three owed. It was not particularly close. Uh, I was very happy for Trashbox because a lot of people call him like, you know, online warrior trash or whatever, which is like, oh, come on. Like this guy's a really good player. And, and it, it's, it, he got top eight out of premiere. You can't, you know, you can't crap on that. But um, anyway, uh, it, but yeah. Bison can tilt you, and I think he's going to be tilting a lot more people here going Absolutely. forward. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, getting into it next here, uh, we've got Punk, who actually took first place at the event. Um, he came back from loser's bracket and actually beat Daigo. Um, and he lost in the winner's semis to uh, Angry Bird, uh, who plays Zeku. He actually got blown up pretty hard there. Um, you kind of wondered what was going on, but Punk, like, you don't see his final form usually until he's in loser's bracket. That's kind of how it works with him. Um he went up against Daigo, and I hate to say it, but Daigo looked massively unprepared for that matchup. Like, he was not ready for a Karen at that level at all. And what would happen is uh, Daigo's playing Guile, and, and it, it, you, you laugh saying, yeah, D Daigo wasn't prepared. It's like, well, I don't think he was. Uh, because he kept trying to go back and throw Sonic Booms, and Punk would just kind of back up to a certain range and do EX Tenko and blow him up hard. And that happened a lot. It, it's They played um, two sets because Punk came from losers and came back to win, uh, and Daigo kept trying to get fireballs in there and it's like dude like you can't do that to punk like yeah sure you might get one or two in there but the one ex tenko he gets he's going to get a big combo off of it he's going to get oki pressure it's not worth the risk reward um so daigo made it relatively close by doing a lot of ex flash kicks and i mean a lot and that's obviously very risky um but it was to disrupt punk's like kind of flow and approach and overall and while that's like part of a viable strategy to you know go to a point where the the opponent does not they don't they can't anticipate what you're going to do right because you're going to ex flash kick and you know kick their ass for it right um that is something that's part of a viable strategy but it's like 
I did not see Daigo having anything else beyond that. It was like, I'm going to play really random. I'm going to try to just be really disruptive and kind of go all over the place. And I'm like, dude, Daigo, like, what is your problem? <laughs> like, what what did you not do here? And like, you you did not do your Batman research where you go and you go in the Batcave and like, it, it's, it, and I was just shocked to see him so unprepared for this matchup. Well, and, and, and it even went the distance, right? Because it was a grand final. So it was three out of five and it was a loser's reset. So that was at least six games. And I'm, yeah. I don't think Punk six owed him, right? No, uh, it was a three one the first set and then it was like three two, but it was also not like the closest of three twos because Daigo was getting by on a lot of ex flash kicks and you know like with a character of like i mean we'll say like ken um yeah he can beat you a couple games by just kind of well-placed exdps but it's an overall losing strategy if that's your main strategy um you're you're going to end up you know losing on the the risk reward you know uh, uh pendulum like at some point or scale or whatever you want to call it Correct. Yeah, it's not. It's a. It's a short term, maybe a short term solution, but certainly not a medium to long term. You can't just have that. Um, man, Punk, he, he's been in three Capcom Pro Tour events this year. He's been in three Grand Finals. All three of them coming from the losers bracket. In two of them, he reset and won. And then in one of them, he went to the last game, last round, if I recall correctly, and that was against Tokido. Now you compare him to people like Tokido, who I think you could you could say is is established as the best Street Fighter V player given the you know last couple of years. There's also Fujimura, who's very much up there. There's Problem X, who's winning tournaments and such. But those guys, while they've all won a CPT event or two, they've also got like 25th or just outside of top eight or placings that are a little bit more mismatched. Punk has been in grand finals every time. And the way he's done it, we were talking just a second ago about how the approach of of 50-50s, right? Because that's what a wake-up flash kick is, is a 50-50. It's just, it's a, it's a big deal. It's going to be a big swing one way or another. That's not going to work. And a lot of Street Fighter V, as we've discussed ad nauseum, is about 50-50 situations that you're able to read and, and make the most of. And if you're able to do that better than most other people uh, and adjust on the fly, you're going to do well in this game. Well, Punk is not quite playing that game as much as everybody else. And I think if this trend of consistency continues, this is going to be why. It's because he's playing a game where he's standing back and whiff punishing more than anything else. That is not a 50-50 kind of game. That is a just skill-based hit you and manipulate you and there's a lot more to it than just see the move and hit someone it's it's make them put the move out there in the first place and be at the right place at the right time pepper that in with also the 50 50s of street fighter 5 but punk has this other aspect of the game that i think he's playing um that other well certainly other karen players can have i think other characters can have this too but he's doing it and, and it's like a fail safe it's like as long as he's he's the master of his destiny with this kind of uh, tactic where others have to rely on a little bit more of like smiling from the fates. He's kind of got his own track going here. And and I think that this approach makes him, I I dare say he's the best right now. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. you can touch him. I think because of the tools, he's a little bit different than everyone else. And that's putting him out on top. Yeah, I, I think that Street Fighter V underneath our, our feet ha- has evolved into a much more footsie-based game. And if you look at the results uh, of the mix-up, you can actually see that. Karen, number one, uh, I'll just you know read it down here in order. Uh, Guile, Zeku, and Bison. I actually think in Bison, he's... He's very much a footsie character. Like he's not necessarily getting by on a bunch of mix-ups and other things. Like you could argue his footsies are overpowered, but again, I, I still think he's more of a fundamentally based character than someone like a, a, a Urian um, or you know uh, 
etc. Well, um, he can play those fundamentals, but then he also gets to play that that fifty fifty s game. But it's not quite fifty fifty. It's a lot more often in Bison's favor, and he's he gets there with one bar of meter usually, and so yes. he can play that game where he's at a particular advantage. But he can also go back and play a lot of the fundamentals as well. Yes, uh, and then you know, uh, Toy and uh, Problem X, the two people we've seen being the most successful with Bison over the years, they have very much a fundamental style of play. Although I did watch Problem X, uh, just to blow up my own self here, uh, I did watch him go ham against a player uh, and just do everything he wanted to do, and he destroyed him in tournament. And it's like the first time I've I've seen Problem X go completely dumb uh, in tournament. I was like I've never seen him do that, and he won. And I'm like, ah, damn it. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, next up we had uh, another Bison player then akuma then birdie and then uh fudo here at the very end with mika who i i'm never going to argue as a footsie based character but he also had uh birdie who he played about i think 40 percent of the time and then mika about 60 um really so he's playing more mika this time uh this time around yeah i'm not sure if that's going to stick or what but my point here is again we we are seeing more footsie based characters have stronger showings here and have more consistent showings and I do think that that is kind of the nature of where the game is going um, you know you're seeing characters like Cammy dialed back um, you're seeing you know other characters that that had just kind of specialist and rushed down areas they're just not doing as well and and again I think that speaks volumes to it uh, I'll shout out Chun-Li here a very 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 footsie based character and you're continuing to see her do well not amazing but you, she is up there she's she's on the map um, she was actually tied for a fourth over Overall in usage with uh, three people playing her in the top 64. You know, I'm going to take a throwback all the way back to around, I think it was October of last year when the input delay patch happened. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how great of an effect do you think this will have on the general gameplay? And um, it was, I I think, I thought it was going to be a little bit more than I think either you or Dream King, from what mm-hmm. I remember. Um, but now looking back on that, would you say, like, like where did it land versus where did you kind of predict it would land? Is it kind of where you thought it would be, or is it more so? Or It took till now, um, and I, I think it's definitely higher than what I anticipated. I, I think you were right. I think you were right back then. Um, uh, it just it took a while. So Yeah, and that's going to happen with, like, any kind of change like this. I think it's going to – but, like – we have Punk as an example. I don't think if we had Punk, the we would even think it was even as close as, as we do right now. Mm-hmm. He's able to do this like as an anomaly, you know, the just way outside of the bell curve, his abilities here. So he's really highlighting that beyond what anyone else is doing. And so he's a kind of a crazy example. But man, I mean, that's that's technically your ceiling there, at least. That's the potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what the game has kind of become. And uh, I'll kind of go on to a, a sad subject here, in my opinion, and that would be um, the free trial of Street Fighter V is out. Oh, and is it? Yeah, yeah, it's out, it's up, it's going. Um, and I think it's really cool, but it's also coming a bit late in the game's lifespan. And, um, you know, so uh, just to you know let people know, uh, people who don't even have access to the DLC, um, like it's like Manat, Blanca, and a few other characters. Um, if you don't have those, like you get them during the trial. So um, even if you you know uh, you have the game, like there's some benefits for you. Um, so it's a week to play the game free of charge. You get arcade versus challenger modes, um, uh, training modes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, not the story mode, but all the other stuff is free. Um, but judging from the response we're seeing on event hubs, because you know we're looking at people looking at you know the moves, the news, all that kind of stuff, there hasn't been a big surge of new people like trying out the game. Um, especially when this is, is time to launch like with Mortal Kombat 11. And, yeah, and why do you do that? Yeah, I like I don't I don't get it. I don't know if they were trying to steal some of Mortal Kombat 11's like Thunder. Um, 
but the timing feels like it maybe could have been better overall. Um, at the same time, I also wonder if like the timing at this point doesn't matter. And Street Fighter V kind of is what it is, and I'm happy to see it. Uh, you you know you guys know I love the game, but man, it's it's like kind of it's fallen on like a hollow existence already. And, well, and, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go that far. I, I I definitely hear where you're coming from, and I agree to an extent. I think that it's not. When Street Fighter V does something, everyone's not stopping what they're doing to turn and look, mm-hmm. right? And it used to be that way, but it's been out for this is its third year now, and we've we've got it, and it's 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 doing just fine. It's carved out its niche, and it's no longer really in that Main Street situation right now. Mortal Kombat's having a parade, right, going down Main Street. It's got all the lights on it, everything, and Street Fighter is there. It's got its audience. It's it's around. It's staying. It's 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 you know. It's on autopilot in a sense, and it's just fine being there. But it's not going to grow, I don't think, very much anymore. And I don't think that there's going to be... And they also haven't kept the excitement going as high as it could be. So it's it's flatlined a little bit. And and maybe it averaged out a little bit lower than it could have been if we were all excited about and knew like, what character was coming or something along those lines. And that's you know missed opportunities in that avenue but it's fine it's got it's life it's got some time people are enjoying playing it we're looking at these cpt results we're having a really fun time watching these tournaments play out people are still playing online probably going to take a dip right now because there's an all-new game in town but whatever Uh, that's just it's it's i think it's at exactly where it should be given its performance and given um you know what everything else that's going on how old it is and what else is out there and competing with it but it's fine too. Yeah, I I look at Street Fighter Four and that had like a you know like a ten year lifespan on it, right? And, and I I want to see something more aligned with that. And I, I think we all know that's not probably going to be the case ever with Street Fighter Five. It just didn't have the base and the launch that it needed to. Um, but I I will say that uh, I, Hollow Existence is more for the 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 trial of the game itself like and not the game you know proper oh um, sure yes, yeah yes. that's kind of like where i meant more with that but i would actually like to see the free trial be a permanent thing that only gives you like about three or four characters to mess around with and and kind of just says hey you know you can buy the dlc um you know here here's a handful of characters we'll, we'll rotate through like you know you always get ryu you always get kin and then we'll rotate through like two other people you know to keep people trying it out um because i mean capcom's making their game uh, their, their money on dlc right now anyway and it would be nice for them to establish a more goodwill within the community considering what they've done with with this game um and, and kind of establish more of the charisma so i do think it is a good you know move i just question the timing overall on, on when they're doing it with you know mortal kombat 11 being out right now um again i i I don't get that. Like, I know these companies are competing against each other. It's like, but why Why the week of Mortal Kombat 11? Like, everyone's hype about the game. It's a great game. Yeah, so, so different flavors is what I'd like to see. Here's a question for you. For those that haven't heard about this, Street Fighter V hasn't had any big character updates in a little while. Um, I know you'd have to go to the deep, dark reaches of the uh, fighting game internet to hear about that, but it's the truth. We haven't had anything uh, in four months now, a little over four months. That was a huge deal. It's not as huge of a deal anymore because people have just kind of accepted it and said, all right, well, fine, we'll just kind of be a little lukewarm. It's cool and everything that I just said about the game being fine. When they inevitably do, I say inevitably with maybe not as much (laughs) fervor as I would normally, but I figure it's still going to happen. A new character comes out. You know, they do this release of a a free-to-play for a while and, and it kind of falls on deaf ears to an extent, right? Pretty hollow. What happens when the new character comes out? What do you think the reaction's going to be? Do you think that there's a world or a universe or a timeline 
where people's like, oh, yeah, Honda, like, yeah, nah, well, well, maybe he'll be cool. As opposed to, oh, I got to jump on and play Street Fighter Five right now, the new character, let's go. I, I hate to say it, but I think they missed that boat with Final Round. Um, that's when everyone wanted it, and, and you and I talked about it, and we said they're going to hit like a really rough spot with their, their audience if they don't deliver then. And I, I think they've missed the boat, and for them, it's much like the launch of Street Fighter V, right? They, they missed the boat there, and they had to spend years making that ground up, right? And, and yet again, it's just like lack of communication. It's just we're doing things differently. Okay, great. That's fine. You're doing things differently. We get it. The game's been out for three years now. What, what's different? And they're like, oh, well, we're not going to say anything for a long time. And then Ono's going to say, I talked with Capcom, you know, USA, and, you know, we, we realize we need to do stuff differently with the characters or do whatever. And it's like, okay, well, that's good. Um, but it's also coming like really late to the party. And I personally don't see the game being salvaged at this point. I, I you know think what they- they've done? Mm-hmm. They've drawn a ceiling. They've drawn their yeah. own ceiling where they, they're not going to be able to get past this level of hype, this level of new interest this level of whatever you know however you measure a game and its status in the eyes of the community and people being excited to play it they've in some ways kind of tragically it would it could so easily have been a much higher line and and maybe one that's like kind of slanted up where there'd be more potential to kind of pass it a little bit if they played their cards right but they've drawn one where it could have been it could have been an a easily they're sitting around like a c or a c plus and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah well hey 70 percent that's not there you know 77 percent maybe that's not too bad but it could have been a 90 you know it could have been a 95 it could have been a hundred man it's street fighter and capcom if they if they did things right there's there's no stopping them yeah it's sad and they did it to themselves yep and they continue to do it we're we're talking about like it's a past thing like look we're just going through it right now how hard is it to get up on your twitter account and say hey uh we've heard all the feedback here of what's going on this is what is happening with the game and literally typing out five tweets uh, over a, a month or two period of time and telling the community what is going on and all the stuff is taken care of and and so many things not all of it's taken care of but you know the communication issues are heavily addressed at that point because we're not sitting here in the dark guessing what's going on and, and it, it yeah uh, it just uh it, it's and again i love the game like i seriously love the game and, and i want to say this a lot like there's a lot of people i know who are very frustrated with the game but i still see my friends jump on and play it all the time people are up for tournaments they're they're up for it it's just it's again as you you so aptly described it they've put a ceiling on their own game it's by their own doing it's by their own approach and it's like the game should be more than it is uh it's less than the sum of its parts and you never want that as a, a group of, of developers and people and there's more to this i'll speak about in the future here about capcom's like strategy like changing and some of the other stuff that has happened around this era of time um but i'll just say it's unfortunate that that the last like close to about 10 years have kind of been this way um street fighter 4 was brilliantly done uh ultimate marvel uh, and Marvel 3, I should say, that had a lot going for it, but it also had a very rough launch. Um, and then you have stuff like Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Marvel Infinite, and then, of course, Street Fighter Five. And, and we've had a lot of a lot of bad experiences from Capcom during this last decade. And and I it's just unfortunate, but it's also it's also coming to an end. I very firmly believe uh, we're going to see if I'm an idiot for, for stating that. But uh, there's a lot of reasons why. And I, I think we'll get into it here in a future pod. Um, but yeah, you said the the whole is less than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty apt. It's not this drastic, but right now, as you're we talking about this, in my mind, I picture 
Capcom has Street Fighter V in a casket and they're driving that last nail in there, right? Because we were talking about it's their own hand that's doing it. And someone's coming by with one of those cat claw nail removers trying to get it off. Like, no, we can we can take this nail out and we can still give it a chance. We really want it. We want this to be a success. And then Capcom has the, the new Capcom logo emulator thing and they just smack that person's hands and say, no. And they keep the <laughs> keep it in the <laughs> casket, and it's not dead, right? So that's not yeah. the best, but but it's certainly cut off, and it's certainly restricted, and eventually it will be dead, and I'm sure it's dying. It's going to die earlier than it could have. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a shorter life than it could have. But the light at the end of the tunnel here, I think that we have to go to, is that it's it was enough to keep the franchise going, and we had a pretty good time, and it was also a time of learning a ton of lessons. And right now, I'm more interested in how well does Capcom learn and implement these lessons into Street Fighter VI. So far, especially based on how they're doing things with Season 4 now, I don't have uh, the highest of hopes, but I'm holding out and I'm not going to make too many judgments beforehand. Maybe they'll do all these things right because they've figured out how to do them wrong with Street Fighter V. Yeah, I, I think this is a subject you and I can talk about for probably three or four hours. So we'll go ahead yeah. and move on uh, just to the last bit here about um, actual tournament happenings. And that would be 801 Strider winning the uh, CPT online tournament with G. And this is something you wanted to jump in about. Like you were you're pretty hype about this. Uh, you have a, a bit of a history here with G. What are you seeing? I just wanted to, you know, de facto state that G has now won a Capcom Pro Tour tournament. That's all I wanted to say, man. Okay. Not talking about how if the character's broken or silly or uh, kind of unfair or whatever. I don't, I'm not saying anything along those lines. I'm saying G has now won a tournament, and that seemed to be pretty important in terms of analyzing how, uh, how much we should talk about the character or not. Okay, so let me throw this one at you then, since I'm looking over the results here, and I, I see Chris CCH got fourth with Sakura. Is there anything to that? Or? It is an online tournament, right? Okay, so, right. Uh-huh. so there's that. Is he playing Sakura completely instead of Guile? Uh, well, that's what we have in our results here, and I think that's what it was. So um, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I know she's a bit better of a character. I just don't know how good. I think a lot of people don't know that. Um, but this gets us in here to another point here, and, and that would be uh, everyone kind of knows here. I, I watch a lot of tournaments. I don't really pay that close attention to online CPT events, and I never have in the past, and that probably needs to change here. Um and the biggest reason why is the point totals are, are, are very strong. Like, this is a ranking event. So, you know, top eight gets points. Um, Strider winning this is a big deal. Um, and it's not like it's totally off base either. It's it's 801 Strider, JB, Samurai. They all got top three. Those are, you know, hey, you, you could see that at a, uh, you know, a typical offline U.S. ranking event. That could be your top three for sure, right? That's not completely out of the question in any way, shape, or form. Um, but... Like what I'm struggling with with here is like online is such a what have you done for me lately type of situation. And, and what I mean with that is like you could have really bad leg during a set and you either move on to someone else at that point or you play another day or you just kind of like go and do whatever. Right. It's 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 such like a, a give or take relationship. And I, I'm having a tough time reconciling that with these events being worth so many points and all that. And, and, and like how valid are they? And so you've played in a few. Um, I'm so very conflicted on like how to feel about the validity validity of these events. Like they're they're clearly valid. Like I'm not saying they're invalid and like we shouldn't like you know factor them in at all. Like 
you're not having Scrub Boy 15 win over 801 Strider and have that be a thing. Like 801 Strider is a tournament tested, very strong player, and, and no qualms whatsoever with He's him winning. He's been in Capcom Cup. Before. Yeah, I mean this guy is great. He's not just good. He is a great player. So him winning is a big deal. But but how do you reconcile this? Like because I'm conflicted and I'm an online warrior. Like I don't know how to feel. I was gonna say a lot of times we're on the other sides of the coins with this kind of discussion because I see online as not quite as legit as offline and and. We're often trying to otherwise forward the narrative or the just the fact that that has changed. Online has become better and it has become much more legitimate of a practice ground and of a of a true Street Fighter V experience that you can use to implement into tournament play. And so if that's the case, well, that makes this completely legit. Now, am I going to say that an online victory is the same as an offline one? No, of course not. There's a lot more variable that's going to go into online in, in every single match. There might or might not be lag. Now, it, to what extent? I don't know. But I, I do feel like the general, the general rule if evidenced by nothing more than the fact that Capcom gives online events the same as offline in terms of ranking, right? Uh, 200 points for winning. It's it's technically, we've accepted it as a community as the same thing when it comes to these point things. So, I mean, I guess I got to go by that. Uh, I, we, yeah, we could definitely say that there that there are more variables like we did. There, there could be lag, there could be other influence, but we're going to, we've kind of chosen to go. And even knowing all that, it's the same thing. So here you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, rounding out some of the other people in top eight is Serial Blast, um, Stupendous. Um, you know, there's some other people in there. Stupendous we, do it with Geef. Yeah, he know? was in there with uh, Zangief and Balrog, actually. And, nice. and so there's a few names that I'm not going to name in here that you might kind of like glance sideways at and go, hmm, like maybe I've never really heard of this person. You know, maybe they're just, you know, an online warrior. Uh, we've had plenty of people be online warriors and then transition into playing in the tournament scene and kicks people's butt like all up I and mean, down. Strider, right? Strider has, well, sort of been that. He's been a warrior that doesn't have much of a community to sharpen himself with. So he uses training mode and online for his main practice grounds right so it's just an interesting thing and i i think i need to kind of take a step back and reevaluate this and i think some of it is fatigue you know um you watch like so many tournaments you're like you're trying to cut corners to to keep your sanity at that point and and but yeah it's it's an interesting thing if online has become more valid again and kind of snuck up on us yeah um, but look through the yeah. results of all of these you go back over like even just the last year it's the online events that you see Fang and you see Vega and you see Alex and a lot of characters that you do not see in most top eights and offline events. Like there, there are, I think if you go back through, and this is just me going off the top of my head of what I remember seeing, but I made a few mental notes to go. There are, there are very clear different patterns that emerge between online and offline tournament results. And so, and the, the, the reason for that could be multivariable. I'm sure it is multi-layered. Um, but you do see characters that you don't normally see um, pop up in online top eights. Hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like we're pretty conflicted here. We'll have to, yeah, we'll have to kind of keep evaluating this stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so next up, we had uh, Hungrybox, the generally considered top melee player right now playing Jigglypuff. Um, and during grand finals, as he won the tournament for Pound uh, 2019, he had someone throw basically uh, a crab at his head from from every, everything we could see. And we actually mean like a real like crab. And, and I think it was dead. Um, it wasn't like super large. I don't think it hit him. Um, it, it, it looked like it kind of whiffed. John, uh, you want to chime in? Oh, yeah, it, it, it definitely, you could see it. We we broke this down. This was like almost our main, as, as ashamed as I am to say it, our main anchor point on Best of Five yesterday. We had ourselves a, a jolly time talking about the crab. 
but yeah, we watched it in slow-mo from a couple of different angles. It came flying in after he had defeated Mango in a, a bracket reset in grand finals. And it flies over, just kind of whizzes by his shoulder. He looks down and he picks it up. And you, I mean, you can't hear him, but you know he just goes, what the F? Yeah. Really? <laughs> you know? And yeah. um, apparently the person that threw it has been identified and banned from a bunch of events. Uh, I don't know if, if they're lifetime or not. And, and that needs to happen, right? Because, mm-hmm. the, of course, this in a vacuum, this is a goofy story where something else negative has happened to HBox because people are crappy and they... they act like this because they're bored of the way he plays it's not even indicative of, of his character as a human being it's his character in a game it's like come on guys but it's really fun to eat this stuff up and chew on it and stuff and so we're we're talking about it a lot and it is it is fun but the one first takeaway is well this could have hurt him you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like and 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 that's that's not good. It could have been something else that was much more dangerous and could have yeah, hurt he, him. This is he's up there completely defenseless, he, and and someone's taking a cheap shot at him. I mean, it's not like he has any shot to defend himself there. He's completely involved in a video game. Anyone who plays video games and should be everyone listening to this knows that's the case. Like you don't have any chance to defend yourself. So the problem here, and this has come up a few times, especially with the Melee community, and I think it, it's, it's even when I've talked about it before, has been regarding something that's happened with HBox that's been negative like this, where you go, at what point do we need to start implementing like security around the ring, you know, or around like, like when you're at a concert and there's those big old buff dudes standing between you and the actual stage? And or, or do we separate the the players and they you know we put top eight in a little box in some room or behind the stage or something where they're separated where they can't have that direct contact? Is there going to become this this barrier between players and and then like the everybody else barrier between who makes top eight and and that's that is a can of worms in and of itself. But enough times you know someone throws a crab or whatever rocks or something like that on stage and you go well we can't have nice things anymore so we need to protect our people that are on the stage and our equipment and whatever and all of a sudden there becomes this this divorcing of the top players and the not top players and and people i don't think want that at all most people don't want that at all yeah i can chime in here a little bit for the nba which as i mentioned before i follow very closely and what they do with you know they have courtside seats where if someone wanted to get up and you know hug lebron james or whatever they they would take like five steps and be right there right and mm-hmm. you know the security is around but they they can't get right to them um so there's some precedent here in pro sports in terms of having a lot of access to people pretty easily but they do try to create barriers and then if you sit in those front seats like the nba like hands out like a pa- piece of paper that that tells you what your ca- uh, code of conduct is right uh, mm-hmm. of what you're allowed and not allowed to do in those seats um so there's a Have lot of things here. One? what's that have you ever gotten to sit there? That is like, actually on my bucket list. Like, it's really expensive to sit courtside uh, oh, at an NBA sure. game. And you got to outbid Jack Nicholson. Oh, spot, my right? gosh. Yeah. And so I, I really want to go see, uh, like, a courtside thing. But besides the point, I digress. Um, uh, the the player, uh, not the player, the, the person who threw the crab should have gotten a lifetime ban. That that should have been um, no argument, like at least a couple years of a ban, and that's how you shut a lot of the stuff down. Because the people right. are, that are that are at these events, they're really hardcore. They do not want to be banned for life, right? And I get that he got kicked out of the venue, but the venue was like getting closed up there in like four or five hours or something like that. You have to 
put the you have to kick these people in the butt basically uh, mm-hmm. i don't know who this was i don't know why he did it um i do know that kind of at the end here uh the crowd actually shouted uh hungry box's name because he got very upset he was like upset and swearing i think he even apologized on twitter and i'm like dude like i was saying to myself you do not need to apologize like that is normal to get that mad about that stuff like if that guy hit you he could have done some real damage to you uh like you got him in the eye or something like that like it could have been terrible he has no chance especially to- if he has a shellfish allergy there you go <laughs> damn it um, but anyway, um, so I, I'm like, you have every right to be mad, but I was really happy that the crowd um, started chanting Hungrybox's name. Um, the, he doesn't, he never gets that. People do not like him as a player, um, uh, you know, and, and that's fine. He plays the hill, he plays Jigglypuff, whatever. Um, but I, I thought the crowd showed a lot of class there uh, and kind of trying to make up for that. Um, yes. But uh, again, I, I just it's a really bad look. Uh, if anything like this in the future happens and, and you are a T.O. or you're a player involved or you're you know out in the crowd, you see it pointed out to people, uh, make note of it, you know, tell security and then security and the T.O.'s ban these people at least for a couple of years, but probably for life if they do this kind of crap. That is the best way to deal with it. Um, there is a precedent in pro sports up and down of just removing people for good if they pull this kind of garbage. Make an example yep. yeah, so that it doesn't get uh, imitated. I don't normally do this, but I, I wanted to uh, give a just let you guys know, those of you that are listening, if you haven't watched the Best of Five episode, we have a segment that we do almost every week where uh, it's called Block Grab, where we decide whether or not, uh, like, like when there's a new costume uh, like bundle that comes out in Street Fighter, we'll go along the panel and say if we want to block or grab it, if we like it or we don't, and explain why. It's, it's a fun little thing that we do. Uh, yesterday we did a segment called Block Crab, and we talked about what characters we would like to see in Super Smash Bros. as DLC, because this was a Smash-related incident, right? And we had Zoidberg from Futurama, and uh, Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob, and uh, Larry, not Larry the Lobster, Steve wanted Larry the Lobster, but... Uh, anyways, we had, a, we had a pretty fun time playing Block Crab, and so I encourage you to go back and check it out because it was fun. Yeah, uh, GC Yoshi put up on Twitter, like, this is why they play with items off in Smash. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know what, you bastard, that was really good. And I have to give you props for that. Like, some of the stuff he puts up there is, is definitely offensive, but funny as all hell. So, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving along before we get ourselves in more trouble here. Um, I'll say that Nintendo is looking at improving the online play for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, they said in their patch notes for 300, uh, 300 um, that further improvements and adjustments to matchmaking are planned. And this has been one of the biggest complaints about the game. To bring this home a little bit for people, it's like if you're playing Street Fighter V and you go to play online and you either get ranked, casual, or a battle lounge, and then you have a disconnect penalty if you get something that you don't want. Um, and it's again, you can get thrown into a free-for-all with items when you're trying to practice up for a tournament. Um, it's a it's a really bad look for the game and I get it like smash people don't have like a, a hefty like quality of life online they're not used to a lot of the things that, that we have in the FGC proper um, but I'm really happy to see Nintendo continue to address this stuff and say hey we're going to make this better than it is um, they already did that like with the, the 3.0 patch like they're, they're, they had one of the um, one of the matchmaking and kind of like filter improvements in terms of uh, people that are closer in your rank, you know, the global smash points, whatever backward system they use, basically it will try to match you with those a little bit more often, which will kind of alleviate this problem a bit, but it's definitely not going to take care of it. But I, I just wanted to shout out Nintendo here for continuing to improve ultimate and try to make it more of a competitive thing. Cause man, the competitive scene for smash is incredible. Uh, uh, the last couple tournaments we've covered pound uh, and the other ones, n- the name is escaping me here right now, but they've had, 
at 800 entrance. Oh, 2GG Saga, uh, Prime Saga. 800 people showed up to play Ultimate. 800. And, and like average out and it, oh my gosh, that's incredible. That's so incredible. Like they, 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 they really show up to, to represent these games and, and to just support them. Um, please Nintendo do more. I uh, get, I, your, your games are amazing. I love Nintendo, like a few other things in life. Um, but yeah, please, please continue. So. Tell the people the stream kind of numbers for Pound and the, the oh, yeah. finals or the top eight. Yeah. Um, so Melee had about 70,000 people watching at Pound. Um, and then uh, the top eight for Ultimate lasted like five hours, I want to say. Every match went like 3-2 uh, and it, it just became a thing. Uh, like the commentator people were saying like they get to like, you know, 1-1 in the match. And like these guys don't even realize they're going to the full five games right now. They're like, you know, they think <laughs> that it's going to end. But it, it, it happened almost every single match. Uh, it ran a little bit long. They might need to adjust the stock rules right now. Um, they have a, a three stock set up and I wonder if they might need to go to two um, because the game is really slowed down with this most recent patch uh we'll see olimar is not helping things he's, he's a very you know kind of slow-paced character um but uh again uh, as you mentioned the stream numbers are phenomenal all right and last up here we have samurai showdown 2019 and um this is very interesting to me because uh, i've mentioned before i love the samurai showdown series since it's i was a little kid or you know teenager or whatever that's when i first started playing it and and the game is very different than a lot of people are going to be used to in the fighting game community. I don't think if you've never played Samurai Showdown, I don't think you've ever played a fighting game like it before. And and what they've said here in a recent article that we, we put up on the website, excuse me, is that the bulk of the damage of the new Samurai Showdown title will not come from long combo strings. It will instead focus on devastating punishes and reads from heavy attacks um, as pokes and uh, lightning blade during rage, which I'm not quite familiar with that mechanic, but I assume, again, it's like a, you know, a metered mechanic, basically. Um what you would expect. Um, so if those heavy attacks that, that I'm talking about get uh, blocked or dodged, um, you know, leading to huge punishes in the opposite direction uh, will happen thanks to the game's very high risk, high reward mentality. And again, I, I don't even want to kind of compare this to Street Fighter V because you don't fully understand the weird kind of footsie, long range, like attack stuff you can do in Samurai Shodown. Like your character will wind up and he could reach half screen, he or she, with a, a big, you know, heavy attack. So if someone whiffs like a medium button and you perfectly time it, you'll blow them up and do... 50% of their, their health or 75%. But if no, that's, that sounds exactly like street. Fighter. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I guess so. Like I guess with crush counters. Right. Um, but, um, uh, and, and so I, I'm really curious where the direction of the game is going to go. Uh, cause you talked about like at an Evo or a super battle opera where it was like 90 seconds of footsies, like every single matchup and characters are barely throwing anything out. And I played Yukio in Samurai Shodown too. And he was like infamous for having minimal recovery and super fast, like attacks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I had a blast playing it, but I mainly played against the computer and then people who were not well versed in the game at a high level. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of what where I'm terrified of this is like I remember this game you know back from the 90s being really a lot of fun and, and just a blast to play through and I, I'm definitely going to grab it on Steam if, if, like I said if it, it's good um, and, and play through the arcade mode and just have fun with it again uh, but I do worry about high level play because okay this is innovative and very different from anything I think the fighting game community has ever seen since right um, will that hold up will that be okay and that's where it gets scary is, is like, is this too innovative for their own good? Are they trying to really go against the current? And that's what Samurai Showdown is. It's not like, you know, uh, but yeah, 
So, so there it is. So this breakdown is from what the devs have said. Yeah, um, uh, Keani uh, got hands-on time with the game, um, okay. and and she played for like you know an hour and a half or so. But it's also Samurai Showdown. This is like what the series is. So, so yeah. So I, okay, fair enough. That's the only information that I have. I'll definitely take it and go off of it and kind of begin to formulate my idea of what the game will be like based on that. But. There have been so many instances in recent memory where the devs say that they're trying to achieve this particular thing with this decision in their development process, and you just haven't seen it play out that way. <laughs> and and so my my gut goes to I poo-poo on all of this. I, I think that even if that's what they want, we'll see what actually comes to fruition, see what kind of Frankenstein's monster actually emerges from all of these pieces that you put together. And that's not to say that I would do any better. You can only do so much, and you know what happens to any video game, fighting games especially, once it goes out there in the open, what people figure out with these things. It's very hard to predict. So I take it all with a grain of salt just because it's so hard to predict what's going to happen. But that sounds cool. Um, I wonder if that is what people want. Going uh, tie this bow fairly nicely, getting back to Mortal Kombat and the way the gameplay seems to be emerging um, there, a lot of it is offense. A lot of mm-hmm. it right now is I'm just going to do the string, usually a safe string, but especially online, and this is what we're in day two of the general public having it. You're going to see a lot of crazy just go for it, no one knowing what's safe and what's not yet. So it's not a very good sampling. But right now it very much feels like just do your offense, and then if you have an idea for defense and you're good enough to implement it, you're going to just rock everybody right now, right? Because everyone's just jumping forward a lot or doing unsafe moves. I love but that you if- mentioned that. And uh, shout out to my, my best friend, Ryan. Um, and uh, him and I played Samurai Showdown, and our biggest complaint about the game is like, man, this game is really defensive. Like, you never want to... to- risk anything in this game you want to play as super safe and as fundamental as you possibly can it's like a game i'd want to play (laughs) it's so defensive it's incredible um yeah just to give people an idea this is on the the neo geo originally right so um they did have like the power moves where you hit the two punches to do like the heavy attack and all that but like the game eventually evolved to like okay we're just going to give you three punch buttons and one kick button because there was four buttons on there right Mm. um and and that's how important like the sword-based combat was like it's like yeah you get one kick button do something with it but really we know you want to hit the sword button and that's what you're gonna do so (laughs) you get you get three of them now (laughs) yes um but yeah it's it's i i'll just say that you would be surprised if for those of you who have nostalgia for these these older titles like how badly they've aged at the highest levels of play um you probably don't want to watch a lot of third strike at the highest levels anymore um you're gonna see uh, it's fun for a handful of matches but to watch a whole set of tournaments like on that oh boy does it get you know very methodical and slower and there's a lot of hype in Third Strike, but I but I'm sure that between all of the highlights that we see, there's a lot of filler uh, for la- maybe lack of a better term. Yeah. Where because because it is just dancing around, and you can appreciate spacing and whatnot, but it certainly isn't as flashy as you know what you're gonna see with you know V trigger into crush counter into blah, 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 you know it's just that it's not there. Although Third Strike did give us moment 37, so maybe the payoff is potentially higher. The payoff, but not good, as frequent. Yeah, not as frequent. When you watch like three Chun Li mirrors in a row, you go, oh boy, this is not good. Um, but anyway, so um, SNK has a very strong track record. Um, uh, the King of Fighter games have, have all been you know very very strong competitively. They've all held up well. Um, this gameplay is a risk. It, it is unlike again anything we've seen. So. Um, 
I just I hope it has a staying staying power. I hope it plays great at high levels um, because it will reintroduce the, the brand uh, in, in this new style of play that that people have, are not familiar with. And and so yeah, play it, uh, try to get into it. But man, is this dancing on the razor's edge of what I think the FGC is maybe going to to want to do. Um, so I could see it being at Evo and also maybe dying off out of the competitive scene like two or three months later and and, and not doing that well. Uh, I really hope that doesn't happen. But yeah. Hmm. Well, good luck, Samurai Showdown. <laughs> uh, the last thing I'll mention here, because I have called out Mortal Kombat 11 for it, uh, I was watching some Samurai Showdown footage last night, and there's a lot of blood and violence this time around. Um, as you would expect, it's sword-based combat. The, the, these games have always been violent. It's not like that's new. Um, but the blood staying on the characters themselves, like as you cut them, uh, ah. it's more violent than, than I think any Samurai Showdown game that I've seen has been. And it's a little bit of like, oh, crap, my kids are around. I, I got to kind of turn this off and not do as much like, you know, homework on this as, as I wanted to. Um, ah, it's fine. I watched a, I played way too much Mortal Kombat 2 when I was a kid. Yeah. And I heard that just fine. <laughs> well, my kids are I've got a, like a three year old daughter, so I can't I can't subject her to that. <laughs> yet, so um, but anyway, it's very cartoony violence. Uh, there's yeah, there's a lot going on. So I, I do have to mention that um, I, I oh can I yeah. can I paint the picture here real quick? Because I'm coming from the side of not knowing how the traditional samurai showdowns all really looked when it comes to their violence and whatnot mm -hmm. but i watched a video fairly recently and posted and this was my this was my anchor point kind of for the story is that there was basically like a special kill move and one character did it to another and then the, the receiving character the victim the loser he goes he he arcs his back and like he's falling over but he stops and freezes halfway falling over and then you hear Ugh! and then like three distinct huge spurts of blood come out like while he's frozen in this pose it's yeah. just very histrionic and over the top right just like uh, just ridiculous and it was funny to me though it was it wasn't mortal Kombat blood it was like mortal Kombat 2 blood where they had the same little blood animation happen three times in a row and then he falls over but it was he was very much dying on the stage with the hamlet skull in his arm yeah if mortal Kombat is like a 10 out of 10 this is probably around a four you know it, it's many steps down but it's still there uh and like street fighter 5 would probably be like a one or a two or something it's pretty it's very tame in comparison um this has got it, and as you mentioned, like they try to do stuff kind of like off camera, um, you know, very samurai movie esque and all that kind of stuff, um, where you're 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 seeing like there's violence, but they try to do it a little bit where you're not having to like it's not in your face all the way, but. It, it does look like again, it kind of shocked me like how much of it there was this time around, uh, more than I expected from a samurai showdown game. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up here. We're out of time for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. But uh, thank you all again for listening. And we will be back with you guys soon. Yep. Bye.